Welcome to the Beauty Aside podcast. I'm Gentry Quinn, and I am so excited today about our special guest. She is a TV host and personality currently for Studio 512 here in Austin, Texas. Welcome, Stephanie Gilbert. Welcome. Hey, Gentry. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Well, I'm super excited, and I think, you know, off uh, off the record just a minute ago, we were talking about the interviewer gets to be interviewed, and I I can't wait, because I just get to answer questions instead of ask them. Well, th- I'm, all the pressure's on me now, though. That's the only <laughs> no bad pressure. part. All the pressure's on you know, me. <laughs> you know how we do things. It's conversational. It's oh, okay. easy. We'll just have a good time. We should have poured a glass of champagne first. We That's should, what we should have done. I feel really like <laughs> all I have is water. But uh, uh, we do. I have sparkling water. It's kind of champagne. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thanks again for being here. I just I, I'm so excited because before I jump ahead and say why I'm so excited and ask a bunch of questions for those who don't know, can you please just tell us a little about your work and what you do right now? Okay, so currently what I'm doing is um, basically co-hosting and reporting for Studio 512. So we do, um, you know, a two-hour-long lifestyle show that's live every single morning, five days a freaking week. So it is busy. Um, And then after the show's over at 9 o'clock, I sort of switch gears, usually change clothes and go out in the field and shoot one or two segments. Um, somewhere around Austin, generally, something that's, you know, always happy, always fun, always, you know, informative, um, that is, you know, out and about so that we can showcase our awesome city outside of the studio, too. Um, after that, I typically have about, if I'm lucky, an hour, maybe two to get back to the office and, um, you know, fill in the blanks for the show the next day. So that's writing, booking segments, um, doing anything that I have to get done that's kind of admin style, which as you probably know is like how bad I am at getting back, you know, just to you with emails. I am typically like, holy cow, I'm swamped by the end of the day and I'm not the best at getting all my admin stuff tied in. But there's so much that goes into a daily live show that you're never going to get your head above water. But the flip side of that is it is just so much fun. And I love the fact that every day I get to just go with the flow, add a little flair, spread the good news. And really, I mean, I feel like I have the best job in the world because it is just like fun. Like it's fun. It's hard work, but I cannot complain. You know, so that's I was, what I do. <laughs> I see that about you and you've answered, you've actually answered one of my other questions, which was kind of like, what is the, uh, you know, what's the day in the life like? Because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions uh, whenever you're in the entertainment industry, whether it's, you know, a TV personality, an actor, model. uh, A lot of the times people associate those jobs with, excuse the term, but being kind of sexy and they just see the finished Mm -hmm. final product, which you make look so effortless, which in my opinion is what makes a great you know, performer. So what is the biggest misconception that you feel that people might have about what you do versus what you actually do? Um, You know, I think you hit the nail on the head with saying it is, people think it's sexy or glamorous. So most of the time, I am helping to lug equipment out in the elements, like I'm sweating, you can't usually 
you can't usually see how the sausage is made, but getting to the point of how the sausage is made, it is anything but glamorous. So, you know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning to be TV ready and, you know, put your eyelashes on and we do our own makeup, we do our own hair, um, kind of getting yourself together, pulling yourself, you know, out of a early morning funk, which is something I don't think anyone's ever going to get used to. That hour is, you know, it's, it's really not okay. So waking up and like just being on, like that is not glamorous. And usually about two minutes before the show starting, I'm still tucking in wires. I look, if you ever see the back of me during um, a show, I look like Quasimodo. Like I have a hunchback from all of the mics and IFBs and wires and things that are connected to me. So so unglamorous. And then I kind of, I, I mean, you're a beauty guru, you know, your stuff in and out. And the only way I've ever been able to kind of get through that is by learning from people like you, because it's like, hey, Steph, you're on, learn the tricks and you've got to do it quick and easy. And honestly, like within a budget, because that might be the other thing is TV isn't, uh, at least not for me, it's, I, I don't do it for the money. We'll just say that. Like, I do it for the love of the game. And the glamour portion is uh, absolute, it's it's absolutely absent. So, um, yeah, I might go to, like, really cool events and actually get to, like, do a ton of really cool stuff. But it's never in a, hey, I just showed up and I'm I'm pretty and I'm prepared and I'm, you know, I've eaten. No, usually I'm holding in my pee for two hours. I, you know, have like the backup powder from CBS because that's what you can afford to put on your face and soak up that sweat. I'm like doing, you know, four outfit changes that are just, you know, anything thrown together and I'm feeling like an absolute mess. But the way that you do it is you got to learn how to just make it look a little bit seamless, but still be yourself. Like, I guess that's the other thing, too, is I'm like, I'm not afraid of having a little mustache sweat here and there if I'm out in 105 degree heat. I'm real. Um, and I am anything but glamorous in this job. So that that would probably be it. But you know, I think, that, a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I think that's why people gravitate to you so much, too, though, because they see that you're real and they see that you're having fun. Um, I've watched tons of your episodes on Studio 512, and I'm just like, wow, she's like really doing it all. She's not afraid to step in there <laughs> in, in a race car or put, with a snake or whatever it is. And, and, uh, and I think that's, that's what makes uh, you special also, because people, people, they're sort of living vicariously, I feel like, through you a little bit. And, uh, and I think the message to take away from that, at least for me, is to love what you do because it's not always going to be about the money. Yes, we need money to survive, but at the end of the day, it sounds like if you're not really passionate about this, then maybe just forget it. Maybe pick a different yeah. career, right? Absolutely. If I didn't just love what I do, there is no reason for me to do it. There's no glory in being on TV to me. There's nothing that I'm trying to accomplish as far as like, becoming famous or anything. So if this wasn't genuinely a passion of mine, like I love the hard work portion. I love feeling like I've, you know, impacted someone's life or helped a small business. So those are the things that I find so appealing and, and things I can grasp and grab onto. And if I didn't love that, then, you know, I could, I always say like, my backup plan is going to Chick-fil-A because they pay well. Just, you, know, you, you probably get free food. You're, you know, happy. Everyone's happy there. So I'm like, right. hey, you know, I could do a million other things, and I have done 
a bunch of other things in my life as well. But this is definitely a job that drives me every day. I do wake up thankful that I get to spread the good news and I do get to genuinely have a lot of fun. So anything that you see that I'm just putting myself out there to do. I'm typically, it's hard to do it on camera, but you just have to go for it. So you are getting an authentic reaction. Like whether I'm, you know, dropping out of a water slide where the bottom comes out from under me, or like you said, like getting in a race car or driving a go-kart on live TV. Like these things are, they're genuine experience experiences. And I'm, I, I like to, I hopefully get to relate to the audience in being that, I've never been just naturally good at anything. Like I don't have, you know, singing talents or I'm not super athletic. There's nothing that is like, oh, like this is a real standout or I'm just really good at everything. I'm kind of the average person. I have to work very hard at almost anything I do. And I think in doing like just saying I'm going to go for it with all of these different segments that I get to go out and do and try and see and taste and feel like those are that's a real person just, you know, getting in the driver's seat and saying, okay, let's do it. We'll see what happens. And a lot of times it kind of works out for me. And I think that's also the fun in my job is like, I fail at a lot of, you know, if I'm trying to win a shampoo competition or, you know, like jump on a trampoline and do a flip. These are just things I've recently done. Sometimes I do fail and I'll, I'll try until I get it. But I think just doing like saying, Hey, I'm up for anything. Um, it, it can sometimes be awkward or weird how things turn out, but I'm always having fun. And I, I don't, I don't feel like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, I'm going to completely fail at this. And that's why I want to empower people to be able to, you know, if, if they can ride along with me, ride along with me, like, Hey, I, you know, went and, you know, drove this go-kart today. Like, so can you, why wouldn't you, maybe you're afraid of heights and you don't want to go zip lining. Well, watch me do it. I'm not, like the most brave person in the world, but if I can do it, so can you. And that's hopefully what I get across on a regular basis. I think you're doing a great job at that. And I love it. And I, the fact that you described yourself as average, which I was just shaking my head when you were saying it, but (laughs) I understand what you mean. I do think it's really important not to try to be relatable to people, but just to be relatable to people, just Mm -hmm. be yourself and people relate to that. Right. I think if you're, if you're acting, uh, if you're acting like you're, uh, I don't know, having fun and you're not, I feel like uh, they're going to see that and they are going to be uncomfortable with that. But if you, if you're scared, of course. And scared, then they're like, Oh, I'd be scared too, but she's going to do it anyways. It's just, it's a great example to set for people. And I just love that you said that. Um, but I'm going to take us back for a minute because whenever I okay. was doing my homework, I saw that, you know, you used to live in Australia, which was mm-hmm. cool, very cool. Uh, but the most exciting part about you know, me doing a little homework and finding uh, some background information on you was that I saw that you had a completely different work history. There was a man, you were a manager, you were a consultant and (laughs) correct me me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was for a recruiting firm and uh, for several years. And I just thought this is so awesome because there are so many people out there right now that are, un- and I'm not, su- we haven't gotten there yet. I'm not suggesting you're unhappy, 
but there's so Mm -hmm. many people that are unhappy with their profession right now, their jobs for whatever reason. And it's really scary to make that change. Maybe they didn't go to school for it. Maybe they just have no idea how to get started. And I just thought, you know what? That's so cool. They're here. She was in a completely unrelated field. And at some point, Mm -hmm. I don't, you're going to tell me how and why hopefully, (laughs) but at some point she, she decided to make this transition and I'm imagining it had to do into the broadcast media. I'm imagining it had to do with, uh, you being passionate about something. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you get, how do you get from there to where you are now? How do you get from working as, uh, working at a recruitment firm to working behind the camera for broadcast media? So, um, the story is very long, so I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible, but give you even further background information. Now, holy cow, first of all, you're excellent at this interviewing thing and your homework has been great. So props to you on this because, um, you're great. This is seamless. So I'm going to take it back before Australia because Australia was amazing and it was completely different. But, um, ever since I was in I don't know, probably sixth grade, I wanted to be what I called an on-site news reporter. Now, I had no idea what that even meant, except for that April from the Ninja Turtles did it. And she was (laughs) a badass chick who was out there like, you know, hanging out with the turtles, solving crimes, and she would grab a microphone and tell the news on TV. And I thought that was super cool. So um, I had a very unconventional childhood. I was one of seven. I didn't live with my family my senior year of high school. And I had like, you know, kind of a hard time. I really had this dream of wanting to go to college. And because I didn't live with my parents, they didn't sign financial aid forms. So I went to beauty school. And beauty school sort of led me, it was a friend of mine was going. And so she's like, hey, do you want to come live with me? My parents are paying for my rent. Um, We're moving to Seattle to the big city. And I need someone to live with. And so I was like, I guess beauty school is going to put me through broadcasting school. So let's do this. Didn't know at that night I asked her like, okay, can you teach me how to braid hair? Because I was like, you know, very absent from ever wanting to do beauty school because I just never thought of it. And so I was like, yep, this is, this is how I'm going to make money. So I went to beauty school. Um, I did, I, I had a terrible time with it for the first probably six or seven months stuck with it. And all of a sudden, like, this is, you know, the act of how I do things. I worked at it, worked at it, and I got good. I enjoyed it. So um, I stuck with that for about three years. And I went to a further education. And I was like, I'm going to be a color specialist. So did that. And then I was like, you know, I kind of got here with this. I like it, but I don't love it. And the whole TV thing was still prodding at my heart chains. I was like, oh, if only I would have, you know, gone back to school and did this. So I was about 23 and um, we had a sportscaster who would come into the salon and he was like, Hey, you, I've heard, you know, you were kind of thinking about doing TV once upon a time. Why don't you come in and intern with me and see what you think and how you like it. And I could potentially help you go through school, learn the ropes. So what did I do? (laughs) I took that on board and uh, went into King five in Seattle, started um, as his intern while signing up for broadcasting school. So I have no real formal training in TV. I have no four-year degree at this point. I am a cosmetologist. I work as a hair colorist by night, and I basically go to broadcasting school by day. And then I work at King 5 as an intern. Fell in love with it. 
so I go through this school and I'm there for, I don't know, eight months before it closes, like abruptly closes down. So teachers got in trouble. There was some weird stuff that happened. And to me, I was like, I love this. Like I'm on this student channel at night. Um, this is what I want to do. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like they just put me on air and I was like, okay. Uh, and this is why I'm so glad this before YouTube because it would have been terrible to go back and watch these bloopers but um you know at this point I was like you know what I'm going to do I am going to be a sportscaster I want to work for ESPN but what I really want to do is move to Texas so I'm going to move to Texas and I'm going to work for Fox Sports I oddly love the Longhorns and um I was like you know maybe I'll work for the Longhorns someday so thinking that I had enough ammo and you know I was like well I can do this. Why not? I've done some TV. So I moved to Houston and I had a friend out there, moved to Houston, quit doing hair. When I quit hair, I never went back to it and um, was like, well, I'm doing this TV thing. And so I got into this like radio broadcast school in Houston. It cost a fortune. I'm still paying it off. Um, and they, their whole thing was like, Hey, you, you have 12 weeks with us and you're going to have like a lifetime membership and you can always come back and learn more. So I went from that to um, meeting, I basically did it to get my foot in the door somewhere. So I met someone at KHOU who got me an internship. And again, this is all about the internships and the, the networks you make. The people will support you. But I got an internship on a morning show. And um, oddly enough, that school also closed down. So I'm terrible luck. So I've got all this school debt, no degree, but I do have an internship and I hold on to it for dear life. And during that internship at KHOU, um, 10 years ago now, so this um, might have even been 11 or 12, but I worked on that morning show and I gave it everything I had. And I do 12 hour days, I do 14 hour days. Um, we were only paid for four hours a day and I think it was about seven bucks an hour. And so I'd waitress at night and then I would just stay at that TV station. And I learned I learned everything I possibly could. So I would go out on shoots. I'd learn the camera. I was like their main audio person. So I'd go and mic all these guests. I'd run a prompter. Um, I'd come in on the weekends and I would work with different anchors that I made friends with to just read through scripts. And I made friends with the weather guy and he taught me how he did weather in front of the green screen. And we recorded stuff for a reel. And I, I basically was furniture at that station like I became I should have just lived there <laughs> and so that was like a whole I don't know year almost of my life of just absorbing everything I could and I would again I'd, I'd just waitress at night so I could make money and then I would do that job and I went 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 and through that I built a really strong relationship with the creator of the morning show there and I ended up doing some like freelance work with him. And I did a lot of free work because TV wasn't like, you know, nobody was handing me a job. And I got a couple of offers that just weren't, I couldn't be put in a box. So I was like, I don't want to change my hair and be this person who wears this and is told you can only say this because I don't fit that mold. And so I did a lot of freelance work and I did a lot of behind the camera to get better in front of the camera. So I did, I basically did a lot of everything. And I was really good to this person who um, later, seven years later, um, sent me an email while I was in Australia and said, hey, we're starting a new show in Houston and I want you to be my first hire. Where in the world are you? Now, it just so happens that 
that seven years later, I had, you know, lived in Paris and then I lived in um, Australia. And for in Australia, I was there for five years and I worked as a recruitment manager for a corporate accounting finance firm. So the same week I was um, asked to be a director for that firm, I was also offered, you know, I was also sent an email from my boss in Houston, my ex-boss, who was like, where in the world are you? And so I knew where my love lied. I was definitely into TV. Like I was like, I, my heart, when I talk about it, I am all in for TV. And otherwise it was all about like making a ton of money in Australia. Like I, I've made, I will never make that amount of money again, but I could recruit and headhunt and sell and just, you know, make relationships with people. Like I built such good relationships out there that it was a corporate difficult job for me to do. And I left that in a heartbeat to move back to Houston to start a TV show out there. So that is what got me back into TV. So I have no degree. Um, I still have student loans from like weird schools that just basically got me my connections. I've worked as a hairdresser. I've worked as a recruitment manager, as a waitress. So all this stuff in between. I've even sold wine um, just to kind of when I was working for free and freelance TV. Um, I sold wine to get me through. So it's I have never been like just full on in TV until two and a half. Actually, no, gosh, it's been three years ago when I got that email and Don Graham had said to me, the creator of Great Day Houston, I'm starting Houston Life. And I was like, holy cow, I have been out of TV for seven years. I don't look like I should be on TV. I don't even know how to do TV anymore. And um, I'm going for this. I'm doing it. I was like, what do I have to lose? I don't, you know, I don't want to stay in Australia for the money. I need to follow what my heart is you know, telling me to do not a question asked from, you know, I was just like, I'm, I'm there. And so we made it happen. And I was hired on as a producer um, to start this show and ended up that basically I was on the show on air from day one of that show. And I was a producer when I didn't know how to produce the show. Like, and I ended up producing the first show ever of Houston Life that aired just because I was like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to do this. And I basically spent the next two years like living at that show. And throughout that, I built tons of great relationships. Um, I worked my ass off every day. Like I would do 12 and 14 hour days, a lot of times six and seven days a week, just, you know, getting better at what I was, what I loved to do. And I went from producing the first show. I was also on the first show um, to being a live reporter, you know, I'd never even gone live on TV besides like once or twice on Great Day Houston as like an intern, but I'd never been, you know, I didn't know what to do or how to do it. And I just figured it out and I went for it and I did it and I haven't looked back, but, um, we then fast forward to two years of Houston life and I was given the opportunity to come out to Austin because my now husband joined the Austin fire department and we bought a house and I was like, this is the time I need to like cut the, cut the chains here at Houston life. I need to get my life back a little bit. Um, and as much as I loved it, it was just time to go. And I knew in my heart something was going to work out and I didn't know what that was. And so I did a little bit of PR to like get me by and I was like, this isn't going to be what it's going to be, but maybe I'll end up back in TV. Maybe I won't. 
And I was over here. I was like in between Houston life and working for PR for five weeks. And within that five weeks, a job came open at Studio 512. And it turns out that they had like reinvented the whole show. The host um, was turning over like they were hiring on a new host. Like the whole team was kind of resorting and they were going to this two hour live show. And um, I was hired on as a senior writer because that was how I could fit in. Like that, that was the only way that was like, well, this position's here. Do you want it? And I was like, I'm going to go for it. Turns out that the guy who is now my boss um, knew me from 10, 12 years ago over at KHU for my first internship. So total full circle, um, got my foot in the door and my second day there, they needed someone to work for like the host was already gone. Rosie was coming on, but she was still working in weather at KXAN. So, you know, our, our new host now. And so they couldn't have her on air. And so they were like, Hey Steph, can you just start filling in? So like day two of that job, I was already on air, like doing client segments and I'd go out and do field segments. And they were like, okay, we, you basically just built your position. So they offered me, you know, instead of doing like a line producer role or something, they were like, well, once we launch the show in October, you're going to be doing all our field stuff. And so I went from that to now my position has evolved again to basically like being the sidekick. You know, I'm, I join Rosie every single day. I do um, different hosted segments on the show in studio. I get to have, you know, a lot of fun with her and then also with guests in studio, which is kind of new for me, um, on this show. So essentially I'm co-hosting with her and then I'm also out in the field. So there is my very long winded history of how it came to be. Cause it's a very, um, interesting, meh, long path that I took. Let me, it's, it's, it's taken me a minute to absorb it all because it was <laughs> for so many reasons. Um, things that stood out. Well, first of all, congratulations because when I you. met you, you were Stephanie Gary and, yep. and you were engaged and, um, and I'm just, I couldn't be happy for happier for you, honestly. Um, and you look beautiful. Yes. The, dress, by the, way. the Stephanie <laughs> Gilbert thing is very new. It's what, just over a month. So um, it's been a really, been an exciting year but man I you know you kind of just take that leap and hope it all works out and lucky for me it did so just from like moving from Houston out to here buying a house you know all of that I feel pretty fortunate because that was a big leap of faith too you know leaving the job and all of that (laughs) that's I'm feeling there's a theme here and I'm gonna find it (laughs) so uh, right some of the things that that I just I hope people have their notepads. If they don't, I'm going to preface it by letting them know if you're listening to this, you need to get out your notepads because they're so good. <laughs> Little just tips for life, really. Um, so, uh, you know, you mentioned interning time and time again. I feel like so mm-hmm. many people these days uh, just are in it or kind of have this instant gratification uh, mindset. And I think that hearing the reality of what somebody goes through is so much more powerful and impactful Mm -hmm. rather than just seeing the shiny stuff that people post up on Instagram. They, you know, just understanding like all of the labor and hard work, but it was also coupled with passion, which is so beautiful because you are following your heart. And that is what I believe 
is at the core of all success. Also, you didn't make up any excuses. I think, you know, time and time again, you know, life always happens that way. It'll give you, do you want this or do you want this? And at the same time, Mm -hmm. when you haven't had a a question in six months. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you following your dreams, going with your gut. um, I just think that that's a really important note for people to hear and just to kind of sit with and to process or marinate on. And also you mentioned creating your position, which I think is so brilliant because a lot of the times people might read a description for a job or something like that and um, read all the bullet points and go, Oh, I don't know. I'm not really good at this or that. So, you know, and then they just (laughs) decide, whereas you went into it going, what can I do? And if I don't know how to do it, it's not so much I'm faking it until I'm making it. It's more like I'm going to get in there and get dirty and I'm going to figure it out. And Mm -hmm. that is, that is what has, in my opinion, and listening to you today, that is one reason you are so successful and able to follow your passions and, and uh, sort of lead the life that you choose is because you're not making up excuses and you're creating your own path. Um, there is something, you know, um, unfortunately there's, I could, I think we need like a part two and a part three because <laughs> yeah, I, I probably should have warned you that this no, could have gone on for days. <laughs> I, I feel like this is so valuable, which again, which is why I was so excited to have you on. But one of the questions I do want to ask before we um, have to wrap it up is just, what would you tell someone who wants to change careers, but is scared to take the first step? Oh boy. Well, I would say like, be scared and that's okay. And, you know, look at that fear and go after it anyway and say, I, you know, I recognize you fear and you're going to sit with me for a while. But if I don't do this, I'm never going to know, you know, what, what it could have been. And so I guess if I look back at my life, I, I don't have any of those regrets of, I never would have known. And I have so many hours and days and months and even years of fear that I dealt with because every time it's been so scary and the older I get the scarier it's been but also it just works out like things are going to work out one way or another so if you are considering like something as huge as a leap into a different career like be okay with that fear, hold on to it and say, you know, I recognize you, but I am going for this. And it's going to be scary. And it's going to be tough. And you're going to cry and you might lose money and you might like have a huge life change. But if you don't do that, you're never going to know. And what to me is, is, you know, there's nothing worse than never knowing if I wouldn't have, you know, I guess just gone after what I was really truly passionate about. And there have been so many times where, yeah, I've followed my heart and I've leaped and I've landed short of what I thought it was going to be, or I didn't quite, you know, make that leap far enough, but you stick with it and you work through it and you're going to get there. Like for me, it's always, it's never been who I was or what pedigree I had or how I looked or any, like none of that has gotten me anywhere. It's been who I'm good to and how persistent I've been, you know, and, and So working hard and working through that fear is like, it is something that I just can't push people enough to say, just do it. Like, just do it. And it's going to suck for a while, but it's going to be amazing at some point in your journey. 
So that's you just that's you probably just gave me chills. I'm like, I, are you? You're my you're my superhero now. I'm serious. So for the people that, that do that have out their notepads uh, from Stephanie Gilbert, be scared and do it anyway. That is the message that we're going to talk about today. That is amazing, I'm, and you are amazing. Uh, oh, thank yeah. you. So are you. You oh, are goodness. like, goodness. I want you to give me pointers on how to interview people because oh my I always get to do that job, and you just did a great job because I don't, I don't think I've ever told you know that story in 30 minutes or whatever it's been, and I rarely tell that story. You just well, got, I love how you're giving you just the best of me that you did, but <laughs> I'm like, like, you're so sweet. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't really do anything. You're so sweet. Um, I, I Again, I feel like we're going to have to have a part two because I have so many more questions, but, um, girlfriend, let's have part two, three, let's, you know, let, let's hang out together next time, do it and have some champagne. Yeah. Cause then the real it. goods come out. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm into it. I, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Um, you guys, for our listeners to see Stephanie in action, I want you to join in on the fun weekdays from 7 to 9 a.m. on CW Austin and 11 to noon on KXAN. You can follow Stephanie on IG at stephaniegilbert.tv. And we'll post her info um, on our webpage. So if you don't have a pen, no worries. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much. All the love to all you guys. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.